0: that mm-hmm. Hi everybody.
1: I'm actually supposed to pray us in, but we could wait maybe a minute or two. Hey, Carla. Are
2: we doing a miracle
1: or something? No, uh, Jennifer though had some technical problems issues. No. Look at me. I'm I actually had a timed appointment. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: Amazing. Hey. Hi. I have baby,
1: like she's sleeping. Oh. Yeah, we'll bring her out when
3: uh
2: yes. Yeah, wow.
3: So good to see you. Hi.
4: Can't believe she's (laughs) in there (laughs) now.
1: She's in here. Yeah, she's sitting in here. Yes. It's, she likes this little thing most of the time. Hi, okay,
4: Hey, Hi.
3: So cool. Oh.
4: So how are you? Looked gorgeous, and Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh man.
1: Um. Yeah. i I was asked to pray us in and um start sharing. Uh, Jennifer had uh, some computer issues, but she'll be joining five to ten minutes late. She said. So I'll go ahead and pray, (laughs) with my hand on my baby, (laughs) (laughs) hand on our heart, we just take a deep breath, (sighs) and just feeling a sense of gratitude to be able to join together today. All the blessings that allow us to join our health, the support we have from our families, and our own personal choice to be here. We open ourselves up to all the love, the support, the guidance of the spirit world and realm, the angels, the guides, the ascended masters, all of our loved ones. We're grateful for this time to commune and share and explore and inquire together. We dedicate this meeting to to the light, to the service of the light that we may be the light, that we may demonstrate the light. And we're so deeply grateful and we share the healing benefits of this time with all beings. And so it is, amen.
3: Yay. Amen. Hi, Robin. Hi.
1: Are we yeah. gonna get to see the baby? Yeah, I'll I'll get her out. I I stood up before because she's in a little. I'm I'm carrying her around and she slides off to the right by the end. She's like upside down, like she's back in the womb, and she likes this thing. It, it's like the womb for her, but um, I don't
5: want an inconvenience no, just oh, But I at some
1: point, at
3: some
1: no. point, yeah yeah. I will definitely, I always wanted the moment where I hold her up and she's like a sack of heavy, and she's like, what's happening, mom? So we'll have that moment, but I I did say to others that Jennifer um, just needed a few extra minutes, and she may be joining us by phone, I'm not sure. Okay, thank you. Yeah, but she asked if I could share um, how I'm doing and Justine, how we're doing, so um, unless anyone else has something pressing it, okay for me that's perfect but okay. <laughs> um, so she was born um, tomorrow will be uh, four weeks ago so a month and I have no idea where that time time is truly not real <laughs> not even real uh, I'm experiencing that feeling more now that Yeah. 12 o'clock is when I usually eat breakfast. Um, so because I'm nursing, nursing is like a huge thing. I had no clue. I had no idea. And it was one thing, like, I feel like, um, her birth was actually very easy in a sense. Um, it took about seven hours of active. Yeah. And, uh, Karen she's not here but Karen and I just did it together like there were five other midwives and students and Karen and I went into like a mental cave zone and we came out with a baby but we went in so I went in so deeply that it was so cool because I had no um the way it felt in my mind is I had no um Tolerance for unnecessary energy expended, expending. Like, there were a couple things that happened where I might have had an opinion, like, Oh, I don't really like that, or I don't really want that, or it's the water's a little cold, but I was not even saying any of those things. It was like, Breathe. I was so focused um, that that really stood out to me that I had no interest in thoughts that would take me off course. It was like, oh no, we are staying, it's like direct route, as direct as I can. And um, and I had all the freedom to move and, and be in positions that felt comfortable. I totally dictated and directed the entire experience. And um, Karen would make a suggestion, I'd feel into it, but mainly I just totally directed the whole thing And uh, she was born on the bathroom floor. She, when her head came out, that was so intense. I have no words in my head. I thought, what the fuck do I do now? Are you crazy? Like, what do I do now? And like in my head, and I didn't say a word. I just breathed and moved. And next thing you know, I moved back a little and she slid right out. I don't know. That's how I remember it. But um, that was easy. And then postpartum has been a little more challenging with um, nursing. And uh, so what I was thinking to share is like, it's almost like I was in a fantasy, like, oh, well, I'm gonna have a home birth, I'm gonna nurse, and I'm gonna teach her um, elimination communication, which is where you, you pick up on the baby's cues and you take them to the toilet when they have to pee or poop. When you start to develop a communication with them I have, like, no, she's like a stealth pooper, but, like, she's just, <laughs> she doesn't really cry before she, does. so, um, it's just been funny that I just thought, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, um, and I don't know if you can compare it to, like, oh, I'm going to buy a house, and I'm going to renovate it, and then you're actually doing it, and you're like, oh, my god, this is really hard, <laughs> or. I was totally in a fantasy that, oh, I'll just be doing these things and skipping and jumping around like nothing. But um, yeah, I've had lots of learning with breastfeeding and I've had lots of, um, I had, um, Carla knows some, I've shared with her, um, but I got mastitis, which is an infection in your breast. Day six, day six of nursing. Yeah. Day six, which usually takes longer for people to have that problem, but I straight out the gates had that, which um, kind of knocks you down. It's like having the flu and a fever and a very tender breast that's over engorged and terrible. Anyway, so, but through all of this, honestly, getting through the first days of breastfeeding was like, I was doing all kinds of Af- praying. I mean- I would just, because I had to breathe so deeply, get through it because it hurts so bad, that I would be like breathing in, you know, grace, breathing out, pain. I did hours of this kind of thing. And really, you know, we all, it's a new experience, but it's the same practice, um, and non judgment has saved my life. I can tell because I was judging myself in the beginning of the breastfeeding, which I didn't realize. And um, I was judging myself like, "Oh, you're you're holding her head too hard. You're doing this wrong. And why you're taking forever to latch her? Your I didn't not realize I was doing that, but I was, and I was making everything obviously worse. And um, I've started to really relax into this completely new life where I'm barely working. I, I mean, I just get through the stuff around the house and it feels like that's my whole day. It's just <laughs> nursing, trying to eat and um, trying to make sure I'm eating enough and that's not a bad problem to have, but I'm supposed to eat a ton because <laughs> I've lost a lot. Of, I, I wasn't very hungry. And so I'm trying to get my eating up and, um, but in the first few weeks, I was really holding on to my old life. Like, wait, how am I going to, I'm losing, I'm losing track of what's happening in the ministry. I'm totally out of the loop. I'm, uh, I should try to work an hour a day. And it's like, now, now I've relaxed. I've watched more TV with my husband than I have all year combined. Just letting it go and enjoying her sleeping on my chest. Like, that's. I'll just make that an actual task, like sleep with her as much as possible. Mm -hmm. That's my job. So um, yeah, but um, I I don't even always feel like when I'm speaking, I'm very coherent. So (laughs) I'm trying, but uh, yeah, hi Jennifer. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'll share so far, but I don't know if anyone has any questions, but yeah i can uh I can take out the little bundle, but
5: <sighs> yeah I'll just say that I'm so glad that the birthing went as you had wanted, yeah, I'm so grateful for that, and i can I having three children, I can relate to all your postpartum stuff, I'm sure every mother in here. So it's a big deal and uh you sound like you're doing it beautifully and just thank you for sharing that. I just think of you so often.
1: Yeah. And now I think of people with more than one child like superheroes of this planet.
4: It it goes easy afterwards. The first one is like, wow, nobody can prepare you for this, you know, like everybody yeah. tells you something but you yeah. cannot you you, you can imagine, you have to experience. When you're in, you're like Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah. But, but you're actually doing great, Angela, you know? So I remember me with my first child, it was like, wow, <clears throat> you're doing great.
1: It's cool that to do great is to have no expectations and completely relax. And, um, but I've been so fortunate that, like, honestly, I was really, feeling uncomfortable about not working, like, and I've received so much abundance that it's like incredible that I feel like the universe is saying, and people have said it physically to me, but just like you're, you're taken care of, you can just relax. And this is like, this is very emotional for me to feel that support. And, um, And again, it just feels like more and more I'm trying to relax into this support net that is there. And um, yeah, it's quite beautiful. And um, yeah, so we're getting this little. So I have, this is my style, which is, To put her in these leggings. Jennifer saw her in these this is my favorite. She's hard to pick up. She's but yeah, she's um okay. Hold on. So I don't know if Oh, she's so this is her little outfit though. I put her in these leggings.
5: Oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. And her hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of hair. Tons of hair.
1: My babies had no hair,
5: so this is. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and my husband was like, why is everybody commenting on her hair? Like, what's the norm? I'm like, stubble can be the norm, buddy. You know, <laughs> we've got a wig here. <laughs> so. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah. But she's doing great. Yep. I don't know. And she's got a little
5: birthmark
1: on. Oh,
5: she's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, she's so beautiful. Oh. Hello. <laughs> I know, she's, yep, see the, that's our family. Hi, beautiful baby girl with all your uncles and aunties. <laughs> like, huh. That's right.
1: Yeah.
3: We're part of your village, Justine.
1: Yep.
5: it really, I need everybody's help. Just did you get a middle name just out of curiosity? Yeah, we
1: used, um, so Justine is, um, my cousin, my cousin Justin had passed away when he was 23 years old in a very tragic way. And I had always thought I loved the female version of his name, Justine. And um, I had this like kind of thought, oh, I want this like very unique, very meaningful name. And as time went on, my husband wasn't like into the other name I liked. I was like, and I had received a sign on the Friday, uh, a week before she was born, which was a little peace sign that Karen gave me this little pendant. And I got this huge flash, like, that it was my cousin's spirit. I felt uh, I felt something, it was very clear to me. Like, okay, we'll, we'll go with Justine because I've always liked it. And then the second na- middle name is Mingi, which is my husband's brother's nickname. And he also passed away at a young age with um, cancer. And uh, then we put Elizabeth in, which is my middle name. It's a family. And then her last name. So literally she probably has close to 60 letters in her name. I don't know. No, it's probably 30. Oh,
5: oh I love your story about the names. That and, I, and we called my aunt to
1: tell her. So my cousin, Justin, his mother is my father's sister. And um, when I told my mom the name, cause we didn't tell any, we didn't know. We actually named her after she was born. And everything was cleaned up and we were just in bed together with her um we closed the door and we talked i we had like a three-minute conversation about her name we named her then and called my mom and my mom everybody was so touched it was felt really right the whole family got it and they felt so it felt so honoring and just really right and um so it's been beautiful too for people to
5: have learned her name and
1: Yeah.
5: So thank you. Yeah. Well she's beautiful and, and you look beautiful too, Angela. You just look so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. She is
1: awake now. Oh she's so cute. she always puts her hand on her heart. I put one of the pictures in the little group. Yeah. yeah. Her head. Now I can know she's a little ham, she hams it up. Okay.
5: <laughs> oh golly. So sweet. Oh my goodness.
1: She's prac that's a good little head she's practiced that it's <laughs>
5: <good>. <laughs> Okay, well Well you just keep taking taking care of yourself. Thank you,
1: yes, indeed.
3: Indeed. Thank
1: you. Aw. Oh. Cool. She's going to join us. So thank you. Thank you for the space to share. And I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you, Jennifer.
3: Uh, Yes. I'm glad you're here too. Good for everybody to have the opportunity to see you and Justine and catch up. Wow. She's really into it. Uh, One thing, just before we begin the class, um, I, if you can, it seems like my internet is not great. So if you notice that I'm breaking up or freezing a lot, will you let me know? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so let's just center in here a moment. Uh, I'm going to do a little tiny bit of a housekeeping here. Um, so we have class next week. And then that's it for Ascension Pathway. And uh, I got the inspiration this morning, or maybe it was late last, no, it was this morning, uh, to that on Saturday, December 30th, the last Saturday of the year, at the time that the year one class normally has its community call we're going to have an all MLC class then all MLC and we will will harvest and particularly I think one of the things that I would like to invite the AP class to do is to share that from your perspective now you know how many years in and the difference in how you feel about your life and the shifts and changes and manifestations that you've had. And everybody, of course, is different. Some people have had, um, you know, Angela's had a baby. She's gotten married. She's moved back to the United States. She works for the best boss in the whole world. You know, she has all these amazing benefits and she's a spiritual counselor and uh, all these wonderful things uh, and everybody's life is not the same right everybody's life is is uh, I mean today I've had a very challenging day uh, I my I I blew out my computer and um, just you know I could my car died and uh, all these things but I still feel really blessed because I don't let any of it particularly bother me. So yes, this morning I felt more stressed than uh, I'm, you know, I wouldn't normally feel stressed. I was talking with Glazy on our uh, wonderful team and she said, how are you? And I said, you know, I'm stressed. I was driving in the car. I was trying to find a place I hadn't been to before. I was trying to explain things to several different people and it was a bit stressful, but I wasn't worried. I wasn't afraid. I just was a little overwhelmed with all the different sensory things and the things that my mind was keeping track of. But I felt in my heart that no matter how it went down, okay, if I have to buy a new computer, boom, that's life. And, um, I'm so, so grateful for that perspective. I'm just so grateful. I'm so, so grateful every day, seriously, every day I'm grateful that I didn't give up. Because I could have given up. And I could have taken many, many, many more years going a circuitous route. I feel like I already did that. But you know, I could have I gone for the big bucks, easy. I know if I'd done a different path in LA, I could be making easy half a million to $2 million a year. And, um, but I knew I would be miserable doing that. I knew that was a definite thing and I just couldn't, uh, there was no part of me that wanted to sell out for money, not one part. Um, I knew this was my calling and I had to follow it. And so I'm, I'm so, so glad that I did. Um, but long time ago, there were just definitely times when I just wanted to give up. I felt like I was drowning and I'm sure we have all felt it where you just feel like you're drowning, like your lungs are filling with water metaphorically, you know, and your, your arms are tired. Your legs are tired. Your whole being is tired. And it would be so easy to just go under, you know? And uh, uh, many times I've shared that I felt uh, at those times, like I just wanted to be able to say, put it on my tombstone. She tried, she really tried, but she just couldn't do it. Really, I, I would feel when I would feel at the lowest of the low points, I literally would think, put that on my tombstone she tried she really tried but she just couldn't do it because i wanted to just say you know this is like this human experience is too freaking hard i can't handle it but what i would do is i would just say well i'm just going to give up for now you know i'm just going to give up for now but not forever i'm just going to give up and go to bed and we'll see how it is tomorrow. And I'll try again tomorrow. So I'm just so glad for that. You know, I really, really am. Um, I was thinking about this, contemplating this this morning, and I feel like I almost want to write my blog like twice a week. I want to, seriously, I tune in and I say, okay, Spirit, what is the topic today? And I get, don't quit. Just don't quit. <laughs> I'm like, well, I just did a blog on that. I can't really, like, really? Do I do that again? And sometimes I feel like saying, I know I sound like a, not a broken record, but a healing record that's just saying, don't give up, don't give up, don't quit. The miracle is just beyond your thought of quitting because it is. It really is. The miracle is just beyond your decision not to quit. That's where the miracle lies. That's good. I should write that down. <laughs> and you know, some people at the end of year one, you know, I because I talk to so many of them, and you know, I talk to people who are just like, oh Jennifer, so grateful, so grateful, you know. Someone told me the other day. that always happens. This has been the most joyful year of my life and I've had some very intense challenges, but I have a joy that I never had before, you know, and other people are like, I don't know. I think I need to repeat. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I feel like my, my prayer partners are having miracles and I'm not, and I don't know. And, um, You all probably know what that feels like and can speak to all of it. And I think that would be really great because now at the end of the 10th year of Masterful Living, it's really clear that you, you uh, the people in Ascension Pathway, are definitely your, our wise council of elders now. Of course, I have a lot still to awaken to, we all do. But still, you have the experience of continuing on, addressing your challenges and moving through things that um, for many of you have been you really, really, really rocked you to your core, brought you to your knees. And um and you're still going for it. And that's really helpful to people. It's really, really helpful to people to know that there are people in their community who are in that place. So what I'd like to be able to offer to folks on the 30th, if we can, and some people be with family and all of that, I totally understand that, But if we could do a class, maybe a bit longer than usual, and maybe it won't be, I don't know, but um, where they could ask their questions of you. You know, what do you know that they don't know? What have you felt that they haven't felt? And to expand that camaraderie. One of the things I've been thinking about, we have so many aspects to Masterful Living now, but uh, I always liked this idea of the, the mentorship, you know, that new people coming in would have a, a dedicated mentor. Like um, Lars, was um, his mighty companion was rich. And I did it that one year, 2014, I believe it was. And um, the next year, there weren't enough people to uh, Mighty Companion the whole of uh, year one. And I don't know that we could do it, but it's just a thought, it's just a thought. And, and I think for Rich, it was like he and Lars had a call once a month, something like that, or maybe less, uh, but it connected them in a powerful way. And they both enjoyed it. So we can think about that. Yes. So that said, uh, I have felt for the last week or so that the energy is uh, challenging. The energetic that we're experiencing day to day is uh, challenging, more challenging than usual. Things have been taken up a couple of notches and there's more, it feels like more pressure more pressure to choose the love, choose the light. And that things that were a little bit pushed under the rug are now, the rug is gone and it's like, okay, what are you going to do with that now? There's no rug to hide it under anymore. What are you going to do? And uh, this is based on my own experience and talking with other people that uh, and and my my intuition is that it is related to the Christ light amplifying as we come closer to Christmas, Christmas. So um, as it does every year, that Christ light shines brighter at this time of year, um, and uh, it's you know it helps us to make decisions about are we going to forgive? Are we going to things against our family what are we gonna do so I, I'd like to give people a, a chance to share um, from that perspective what's going on so let's do a breakout and come back from that so let's do um, hang on a second I'm gonna all right back from our breakout Any discoveries, any healing, any learning, any insight? (laughs) Nothing, nada? Okay, Rand.
0: Oh, there you are, magic, thank you. Ah, it's a miracle. Yes, unmuted. One of the beliefs, and something I'd held on to for years that I've been letting go of, is this belief that um, I've been married four times. I felt I just had to hang on to this marriage and make it work, even though that, you know it takes two to make a marriage work, and the other person didn't work, wasn't into it. And so I let go of that belief in the last, you know, I've been really letting go of that whole belief that it is. Necessary to have this this particular uh, marriage run till I died, let's say, or she died, and uh, I can be complete. I I don't see uh, I don't measure myself nor judge my life as a failure on the basis of this event, and so that's been high for me is letting go of that belief, this measure of metric of one's life. And just letting it all go, not judging that at all. Right. And that's been pretty big for me. Just letting that go and knowing it's gone.
3: Yes. Just beyond that is number five.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. I think I'm just content to be for a while here.
3: Yeah, I'm teasing you, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that.
0: <laughs> no, thanks.
3: Yeah, well, you're you're an extremely lovable man, and you know the the thought is that uh, or person extremely. You're you're just so present and. You have a great laugh, you have a great smile, you have a great mind and a great heart. And uh, just because your, your body isn't working the way that it used to, or the way that you wish it would, there's a lot of people who get married without that. There's a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's a lot, and there's a lot of men that get married. More men get married who uh, are challenged in the body than women, I think. You know? Yeah. Because women have a capacity to handle that if everything else is going well. Yeah. They do. They do. And um, so I'm I'm saying that not that, you know, you should start uh, online dating right away. (laughs) I'm just saying that uh, Don't rule anything out You know, no, no, I don't don't, rule anything out just you know
0: That would require me to have another belief. So it's best to not have any beliefs on this regard. Yeah Yeah, uh,
3: yeah You know and the thing is the 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 our script has been written or as it talks about in Testimony of Light, that divine blueprint, that, yes. that perfect blueprint for our life, that when we make our transition and we compare our actual experience to that perfect blueprint, that perfect blueprint, to me, it must include the things that will challenge us to our core so that we give up everything that's false. Yes. You know, that we go to our core and we see, as you're seeing now in this, you know, the, the you know, maybe you've had this belief that like you were saying that if this marriage completes, that's a failure, right? Which is an opinion, yep. of course. It, and then, that somehow means that you have failed, but, uh, yeah. I've long ago learned that many marriages complete, yes, but failure is in the eyes of the beholder.
0: Yeah. Kind of with you on that one too, but wouldn't have seen yeah. that four yeah. years ago.
3: So, no, yeah.
0: So we'll you yeah, know. you ha- your
3: heart has expanded to your heart capacity now. Yeah. Yeah. And Christy's, Christy's, you know, she's she's helping you with that.
0: Yeah. Well, she comes over periodically and throws a bomb at me and I, it's my question, and usually I just basically don't try to make the meaning of too much of what she says anymore because it's kind of geared to be, it's kind of nasty if I let it be that way. So I said, no, I'm not going to go there. Just let it be.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to enable her in her dysfunction because, yeah, you know, she probably has a tremendous amount of guilt.
0: Yeah. I think she does
3: and so it's yeah and but that's that's where her blueprint is rocking her to her core they're yeah. perfectly interwoven to help each other but that doesn't make it any fun
0: no it hasn't been yeah. the much fun but then again i've tried to change the definition of what fun means anymore so It can be fun. Yes. Let's change that definition and don't predetermine that anything is less than fun. It's just all part of the experience. Yeah. At least that's what I'm going to try to, to reframe the experience and say, hey, it's okay.
3: Yes. Thank you, Rand.
0: Thank you. Hope somebody else got a good share.
3: Well, I'll speak on that. Because it's
0: really,
5: what kind of, for me, is the saying, the
3: saying, I don't know what anything is for. But I'm really getting rid of the for. I just don't know what anything is.
5: Anything is. And I noticed the mind... Trying to decide what it is, all the time. Yeah, and I'm more
4: fully seeing that clearly, and actually not even seeing it, but it's the feeling of it. Yeah.
3: So I don't know when thing
2: <laughs> is. That is kind of freeing. Yeah,
3: yeah. Because the ego's that meaning-making machine. So if we just wake up every morning and say, "Well, another day of I don't know what anything is," then the ego will start trying to make meaning, and you know that those meaning-making thoughts are gonna start proliferating, and you're just like, "Yeah." I still don't know. You know ego can make all, all kinds of suggestions and pronouncements and um, evidence, but I still don't know.
5: And they used to be. Oh, oh now it's like, oh, wow, no. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Embracing. Yeah. yeah.
3: And also, everything is just loving me. Everything is just loving me. You know, because I think of. The experience that uh, Regina Don Akers talked about uh, where she ate, she felt the apple's consciousness, right? And she ate that apple, right? And she felt the consciousness of the towel rack. Do you remember that? when she was traveling in uh, China, the towel rack in the bathroom, she she felt the consciousness of it. And weren't I remember,
5: huh? Weren't they both just love?
3: Yeah, just loving her, adoring her, serving her. Absolutely. Right, and I remember that time I was in Greece at my friend Gina's house and I was working inside and I distinctly felt or you could say I heard the slate tiles out on the patio calling to me saying come out here and feel us you know come out here the warm sun is on the tiles come walk barefoot on the tiles come 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 And it was such a a delightful feeling or voice that was calling me to enjoy the sensual pleasure of walking on these warm tiles, warmed by the love of the sun. The tiles had fully received that love from the sun and now wanted to share with me and have me be part of it, not miss out. And I felt it so strongly. You know, so I went out there, walked around, and it was just so clear that that's how all of life is. I, I'm here to, to love, 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 love. So I don't know what anything is, but it's all loving me. It's all loving me. Even my computer breaking, it's loving me. Even when I spilled coffee on myself, it's still loving me. Even when uh, Angela's just changed Justine's diaper, and then, oh, here comes a big load, squeezing out the sides of the diaper, and she has to change the baby and herself, right? It's all, you know, this big load of love. Because if you had to choose between having it and not having it, you'd have it. She did choose it. Yeah. That's great, Carla. Thank you. Who sees a belief that's coming up for healing? Lawrence. Let's see here. And then now I don't have the magic power. There you go, Lawrence. you got
2: it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, the belief that's coming up for healing, I believe, is that I can't take care of myself. And that God isn't taking care of me either. And this sort of leaves me with like nobody's taking care of me. Mm. And that that's that's the belief that keeps coming up. But I know that it's not true. But it still keeps coming up over and over. And it's just a it's a I just have to keep be very, very vigilant and keep remembering that it is not true. And that in fact I don't even have to take care of myself. There's nothing to take care of really. I just have to I just have to allow things to be as they are. And everything is in divine order. And um, all the things that I look at as problems are really blessings, if I will just... I will just see them as see them for what they are instead of what my mind has made of them. My mind takes looks at looks at all the blessings in my life and turns them into into problems, and it's just not true. So, uh, that's what's coming up for healing, I think. And it's being healed.
3: Yes, yes, it is. Well, I can certainly relate to that too, Lawrence, because um, so for me, with just before I went to bed last night, I knocked over my computer, uh, and it fell like eh, two feet to the floor, and then after that, she don't make it to work no more. And um, I just thought, well, I don't know what's happening with this thing, I'm just gonna charge it up, because it needed a charge, and we'll see how it is in the morning. And and I invoked the violet flame around it and everything else, and, and I called the angels to help, and it did not work in the morning. So, I, I reached out for other help. I reached out to my brother, can you help me, can you lend me your laptop? And I reached out to the tech place, can you diagnose, possibly fix, depending on the diagnosis, and um, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. So. And along the way, calling for assistance from the angels, help organize all these things. Same with my car battery died. I'd like to replace that. It's a Prius battery, so it's not like it's a $100 battery. It's a $4,000 battery. But I paid $4,000 for my car, so do I pay $4,000 for a battery? I don't think so. So, um, can I find a used battery? Do I get a new car, a new used car? Looking for the guidance, looking for insight. But that opening to receive, opening to receive, opening to receive, opening to receive. Because it's one part of the, to me, one part of our work is to say there are no problems, this is this is my road of healing to work with my mind, to work with my body, to work with my heart, to work with my thoughts, to work in whatever realms I'm working in. And for me, it has been a profound shift to, begin to pay far more attention to, am I actually receptive to help? How receptive am I? Will I let people help me? Will I ask them to help me? Because that's opening to God's help because God works through people. So, opening to receive all the help that is mine to receive. That's an important part of the equation. Do you feel like you're doing that, Lawrence?
2: I feel like I'm starting to do that. That's great. I've had recently. the realization that I that I'm that I'm pushing I'm pushing the solutions away. I'm 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 refusing the answered prayer. Uh, that uh, the, the the solutions right there in front of me, and I'm just refusing to see it as such I'm continuing to look at it as a problem rather than as the answer to my prayer which yeah and I I just need to open to it yeah and yeah, yeah I, mean
3: that, I, I was just yeah I was just talking about that in class earlier in the week we did a whole class on "Are you rejecting your answered prayer?" It's uh, it's what what humans do. It's, it's all part of that separation thinking. And if we receive the answered prayer, you, you know, one of the things about that, Lawrence, that's been uh, quite interesting to me, just as my own uh, consciousness is my own best test subject. Um is that why would I reject the answered prayer? Well, very often the answered prayer is going to require me to shift my identification more towards spirit. I'm going to have to give up some of my identification as separate. And that's where my resistance to the answered prayer has uh, got me many, many, many times because the answer prayer receiving the answer prayer will shift my identity I'll be more in the flow of love and less separate
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm very hesitant to. uh, I'm very resistant to, to giving up my identity as a helpless victim. I've been a helpless victim for a long, long time, and and I'm real good at it. I'm very, very practiced at it. I'm an expert. So, uh, and I, I haven't until pretty recently even considered the possibility of giving that up, of of actually not thinking of myself that way.
3: That's a big shift.
2: Yeah, I haven't quite made it yet, but it's a big show, it's a big, it's big to just even see it, to just.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, what I hear is your willingness. You know, we can take that willingness and we can ride it like a magic carpet to the new place in our life, the new place in our consciousness. Literally, we can just get on that willingness and say, okay, Holy Spirit, let's go. Let's rise up over all these things and go. But it does take willingness. You know, so there's always... uh, at least two clear pathways. One, uh, where things look very, very hard or impossible and it wears us down. It, it uh, drains off our resistance, right? Where we just finally just surrender. Like, okay, 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 okay. You know, we surrender like that. We surrender because there's no lower place to go. Whenever I think about that, I think about John Bradshaw. Did you ever read John Bradshaw's book, Healing the Shame that Binds You? Yeah, not that you should or anything like that. But uh, I remember reading that book back in the 80s, and it was very helpful to me because, and I remember seeing, I don't know if PBS does this anymore, but they used to have those fundraising drive things with Wayne Dyer, and they also used to have them with uh, John Bradshaw, you know, so they'd have like 10 hours of John Bradshaw. You can probably watch it all on YouTube, but you certainly don't need to or anything. I'm not even, it's not even about that. It's just that in the book uh, Healing the Shame that Binds You and and some of the videos and audios that I saw of his back in the 80s, he he was a priest, Catholic priest, the full-load Catholic priest. As a young man, you know, very young, he went into um, the priesthood. And that that priesthood gave him... um, He hid inside that collar, right? The collar made him a good person. It made him better than others, gave him an identity, all that stuff, right? And the shadow side for him was raging alcoholism. alcoholism. And if I recall, because it was in the 80s, What happened for him was, you know, he was covering his tracks as best he could with his alcoholism. And I think he was in his twenties and uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of liquor available to priests and people give priests bottles of scotch and bourbon and stuff like that at Christmas and things, you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking. If you're a priest, you know, it's like, we understand dude, you got a lot of load there. Have a, have a cocktail. So, um, and of course, a lot of priests are Irish and phew, there you go. So, um, and I say that as a Irish heritage person. So, um, yeah, I think something like he just fell down flat on his face in the middle of a service or something, you know, middle of a, something right in front of his congregation, you know, he just poof. He was, everybody was like, what? Father Bradshaw is shift based and he just passed out, something like that. So he was deeply, deeply ashamed. He had to go into do- detox and rehab and all that stuff. You know, and it was just the, the mega load of shame there, right? So, but that's, that's how some people find humility, and that's how he found humility. and That's why he wrote that book, Healing the Shame that Binds You, Uh, Because he had to to do that. So that's one way that people go in terms of realizing that uh, they can't go it alone, that uh, they're not separate. It's that path of getting hit so hard, you cannot deny it one more minute. You know, you just, your feet are pulled out from under you, your face is in the mud and, um, and that's the way a lot of people go. Yeah. And so we can all have compassion for that because we've all done it in past lives and, and things like that. And, but the, the, the magic carpet ride way to go, as you know, is really to surrender, to be willing, to accept, to receive, to call it forth, and to allow it. So that calling it forth is that, you know, really, for me, it was, you know, standing in my living room and saying, everything is working together for my good. I am fully supported by God. All my needs are met in God. I am receptive to all the good the universe has to give for me. I rejoice to receive it now. And that that was my way. That was my way. Um, I had to really train my mind to be receptive. And I, for me, I had the, the um, incentive that there's no way I could be a successful minister and not be receptive. Like, that is never going to happen. Because there's only one place to receive from and a successful minister has to receive from God all the time or it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. It's going to be like John Bradshaw, face in the mud, face plant. So, receptivity. Call it forth. Not just be receptive, but call it forth. Call it forth. Niagara Falls of support from the visible and the invisible. Bring it. How does that feel to you, Lawrence?
2: It uh, feels very true. Yes, I, I I feel I feel and um, I, I feel opening and opening
3: the deep desire of my heart is to receive the full support of God's love on all levels, physically. Emotionally, mentally, etherically, spiritually, circumstantially, Thank you for sharing that with us Lawrence. Thank you. One more. Anybody burning to share?
0: Hello. No one is available to Hello dear, national grade customers. As you were on time. You are-
3: No one burning to share.
4: I had a feeling, Elena. See. Yeah, um, I'm just so thrilled to show this, and I, I, we were talking with Angela, Of course, we're just catching up because we, I mean, we haven't seen each other for so long. So I couldn't share it in my call, and then on our in breakout, and then said I don't, don't, don't care because I can show it with the, share it with the group. So you remember my story with my son Nikolai? It's a long story, which has been like all of the prayers and um, he was the one who pushed me to my knees and probably into the mud like not he himself but my thoughts and beliefs so this year yes so this year uh i mean nothing like that ever happened to me i just never received something like that in my life this child is literally writing me it's advent time right and they're receiving these little gifts every day in Advent, and he he is writing me a letter every day He's writing me and he's very cons- consistent. He's doing it. He's eight years old. He's 29 and he's an everyday, everyday he's writing me a letter in which he says that, well, he's literally writing it. It's, it's so touching. I mean, it's, he's a, he said, I love you so much, mom. You're the best mom in the world. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing for us. I'm so grateful. And each time it's something. And I'm so grateful that you pick us up from school every day. And you put these little bottles in our, with water in our bags. You never forget. And you give me breakfast. And you, you read for us. And I just, you know, all of those things. So like your mom, you're doing, and you think nobody ever notices them. Because you just do it because you're a mom. And he noticed this. And he writes it down to paper. And he does little drawing sometimes with it. And you never missed a day. Even today. He today like, he would put it sometimes it's related and he'll put it under his the, the, the under the door of his, his room and then I just see it on the floor and he gives them to me sometimes when he remembers it about it earlier, so you know this is a miracle because this is a child I thought i mean among I, this was the reflection of my belief that I am wrong and of everything, like something is wrong with me. And he's showing me this kind of, you know, love and appreciation and from his whole heart. I never, I mean, I never received anything like that from no one. I just always, even in the worst of my days, I always thought that Although I believe that something's wrong with me, something, something is wrong with him, but Thompson, I had a feeling that there is something so big in him that he's just, just just hidden somewhere under this, you know, silence under this behavior and everything. And now he's just coming out. I mean, not speaking of out, about all of the other things. It's just, everything is really going very well with him. But this is like a, you know, like a, like a gift. To me, just, and I didn't expect it, I didn't ask for it. He just came, but nobody ever talked to him about it. He just came through it himself. Yes. So It's not about false belief. I just wanted to show this, share this miracle.
3: Yeah, you, and you're soulmates, you two. You know, you've helped each other so much. He pushed every button you had. Oh God. You went to the maximum reactions
4: and... I think nobody, like nobody ever could bring me to so much transformation.
3: Yeah. And this is the thing that you, you needed to re, really be able to do the work you feel called to do. So that when you talk with other parents, you can really testify. You, yeah. know, how you know.
4: And now everything is so, and I've been so, uh, I also had all of these attachments to how to transform my career and everything. And just like, and I read this book about the uh, Surrender Experiment, somehow it just was just perfect timing. And then I go to this Kundalini training. And on my way there, I receive a message from two people. They say, when you're back, we'd like to take your classes. So I'm now teaching Kundalini every Monday evening. And they're moms, of course. So we have talks about parenting. And now we're preparing the class for parenting with Liz. And it's nothing, this feels hard, you know. It's just like, oh, okay, next thing to do is feels cool preparation. It's just, everything is just so natural. And I, I reached a stage where I'm like, okay. I just would like to teach and I don't even care that people showing up or not. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled about everything. The whole experience is just so, so good, you know, and there's no attachment about it. No.
3: Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> so what, what belief are you giving up?
4: Yeah, there is a belief <clears throat> because even my husband now he's kind of so loving and he's looking at me like with this genuine love in this and I'm sometimes sitting there and like I like how I don't deserve this amount of love. <laughs> you know, this is, like this belief that I don't deserve it. You know, that I can deserve Everyone it.
3: Everyone deserves it. Everyone <laughs> deserves it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so this I would like to.
3: Yes, everyone deserves it. Even Hitler. You know, everyone. The murderers, the rapists, everyone. Yeah, everyone. Punishment is not the way. Love is the way. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, Jennifer. Yes, everyone's journey is so unique and so similar, too. Well... We are giving up those false beliefs. We're putting them into the fire of the Christ light. Yes. And God is providing a magic carpet ride for our consciousness, for our consciousness. Miraculous carpet ride. Let's pray. So grateful, so very, very thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to declare our willingness to see things as they truly are, to accept the gifts encoded into every challenge, every moment, every activity, so grateful and so thankful to consciously align in the perfect light of the Christ. So grateful and so thankful that we can simply make an offering, a holy offering of every false belief, every pattern of separation. We are grateful and thankful that our comforter and our healer walks and talks with us every moment of every day. And so we can rely upon that. We can trust that. We are grateful and thankful to increase our faith and our willingness together. We are grateful to share the benefits of healing and expansion with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful to let the healing be. We rejoice to know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Much love. See you next week.